to Faith in the Fast Life, brought to you by Fast Life Ministries. The podcast that dives deep into the stories of God's redemption. 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 This week, walking through regret to find redemption. I think God knew how far I needed to be away from him to recognize that I actually needed him. Rhonda Fagala on Faith in the Fast Life. Give our podcast a follow and check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Check out FastLifeMinistries.com to partner with us and keep our podcast going. Now let's get into the episode. All right, so Faith in the Fast Life family, we are we are here. This is our fifth episode. We're we're now into Saturday at the Supercross. Things are getting crazy. The wind has died down, but the uh, the fans are everywhere. So noise in the background is other people talking as they surround the trailer as we do the podcast. And we have Rhonda Fagala, right? We had her uh, her husband Chris uh, a couple episodes ago, and now uh, she is also representing Next Level Racing. She's the partner in crime as far as driving the rig all across the country and chasing down supercross and we just hear that she's got an amazing story so Rhonda, but without further ado we, we thank you for being here first and foremost like this is awesome uh not too many women have done this other than my wife and i did an episode together um, and a couple other ones i believe but but not too many went not too many women so we're uh, hoping this in, yeah encouragement to, to to reach more women and men so appreciate you being here and i mean well, let's let's hear about it. Tell us tell us your story. Where'd you come from? Where'd you uh, grow up? Well, I grew up in Arlington, Texas, okay. and uh, I'm just born and raised Texas girl. It doesn't sound like it, though. I know people say that all the time. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened. Yeah, lost <laughs> the Texas had, accent. I never had it. Huh? That's funny because I spent like a week or two down there at my father-in-law's place, and all of a sudden I'm from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yeah, depending on what part of Texas you're in, especially. But it gets yeah, southern draw. So, yeah, so tell us about that. Arlington grew up? Yes. Um, basically, I'm the youngest of three girls. Uh, grew up with a great family, great parents, good relationship with everyone in my family, um, church background. My okay. parents brought us up in church. It was just part of life, and um, that's what we did every Sunday. And um, very small church. Um it was just kind of part of life. It wasn't something that I ever really thought about until I got older. Right. And so just you guys went through the went through the motions, if you will, right? So like you grew up in it, mm-hmm. so you knew the religion of it. You knew the, yeah. the rules, and, and Sunday is what you did. You did church on Sunday. That's just what it was, right? Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. <laughs> it was the full the kit and caboodle. Full, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that, for that foundation that my parents gave me. Um, I think my parents were also great about encouraging me to really seek things out on my own or get answers for myself instead of just listening to maybe what someone else told me was the right thing. Um, By that, I just mean the church we were in was very small and it was very... Oh, I don't know how to say it. I want to be careful because I, I think they meant really well. Um, they yeah. had good hearts behind it, but it was just a very judgmental atmosphere. We'll just say it's ran by humans. Exactly. I mean, that's yes. that's the biggest thing, and we get yeah. into this all the time. Yeah. Like I, I remember when when my wife and I first started going to church. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think I was looking to be hurt by the church. Okay. Um, and I think a lot of people are. We talk well, yeah. about this a lot on the show, but because if, it's if, full of. It's full of humans. Broken people. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the thing about it. And so all of our best intentions, we're still sinners. We still yeah. fall short. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's easy to be persuaded and start doing yeah. things our way rather than truly listening to the Holy Spirit and right. for his guidance. So. And my parents were great about saying, hey, you know, here's something that someone said to you, but what does the Bible say about that? It confused me a little bit. I mean, being in an atmosphere that was supposed to be a good healthy um atmosphere for faith and for you know and and just the confusion around the hurt that i saw in my own family um by church members and then me eventually um and then yeah but i am 
super thankful for it because it just, it was a foundation that my parents yeah. allowed me to have. And I think that served me well later on in life because yeah. I could look back and even though maybe I wasn't really in, in it for the right reasons or, you know, I was just going because that's what we did. Um, or I went for the social aspect or whatever. It's still, you know, I think you learn things without knowing or you, yeah. you absorb things maybe that you don't even realize you do. And you look back later in life and you're like, okay, yeah, I think I've heard that before. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that foundation, my, my wife had a foundation and when, when we met and, uh, I told her about the drug addiction, mm-hmm. you know, she was far from God at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that foundation that she had caused her to start praying over me. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's really, I think where the seeds started to plant and then God got a hold of both of us and just yeah. turned it around. So good to have that foundation. So yeah. tell us, so childhood in Arlington, Texas, mm-hmm. you got the yeah. religion part down. There's a foundation there. Maybe it's not everything you thought it was, or maybe you weren't really in relationship with Jesus, but Correct. moving forward. So tell us that's through the childhood. Yeah. So there are a lot of, a lot of factors I think that played into and shaped my life over the years. Um, some hard things, some very personal things. Uh, and I'm, you know, I, I'm an open book, but, um, basically I think where the wheels started coming off for me was high school mm-hmm. and, you know, getting into a relationship and the uh, more confusion over, I was in a relationship with someone from the church and, you know, supposed to be quote, a good guy. And then it, there was just lots of you know, I don't know how to do, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to walk through this. I, I'm being told this by, you know, the people who are trying to influence me and teach me like what's right, what's wrong. And then yet here's this person who I, you know, loved as much as you can understand love at that age. And how old were you? Uh, 16 when I started dating him, he was a little okay. older, a few years older, but our okay. families were really close and you know, every, it was a small church and Anyway, so that's where the wheels started coming off of just like, I'm so, I just so don't know how to do this. And um, I felt a lot of guilt and shame over the relationship, but, you know, eventually. Um, and yeah, and it just spiraled out of control. Um, I don't share this a lot publicly uh, because not even my whole family knows, but, um, you know, we really... I mean, I got pregnant and he immediately just like said, well, this is what we have to do. And took me to a clinic and I had an abortion and it is the single biggest regret of my life. Um, but it is also one of the things that I truly believe God has used, not just in my own life, but in other people's lives, because I've had an opportunity to sit with many young women who have either contemplated or who have been through that. And I think, you know, sometimes people say, well, oh, that's awesome that you can kind of talk to young women or uh, women of any age um, and maybe help them not make the same decision. And I agree. I also think probably more importantly, in a lot of ways, to be able to be there for someone who has been down that road and who can, like, understand... Um, like I can understand what they've been through on, on both sides of this point. So I, I think it's, and that's just kind of my, my reason for loving to work with young women and young people. Well, they don't know the damage they do. I'm, I'm chuckling on the inside right now because yesterday (laughs) when, when I'm talking with your husband, I keep looking at these parallels between Uh his life and my life. Right. And now you come and start telling your story and my (laughs) wife was in an abusive relationship. Same. Had an abortion. Mm-hmm. That was a couple years before we met. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even think she realized the weight of how heavy that was on her life. And there's so many women out there right now that don't even realize the reason they're struggling and the pain yeah. that they're in is actually because of that abortion. They yeah. don't realize that Satan is able to use it as a tool oh, yeah. to just continue to keep you in bondage. Yeah. So my wife actually teaches a class called Forgiven and Set Free. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and it's, uh, it's uh, I believe it's Linda Cochran is the author of the book. Okay. Um, and I just heard that they're going to start this whole class on podcast. We were actually oh, working wow. on it. We were going to do it ourselves. And then um, this author of the book actually got a hold of my wife 
through the Caring Pregnancy Center and mm-hmm. said, hey, we're, we're about to release that. Yeah. But there is a, there's a Facebook group for the listeners uh, that my wife created that's called Forgiven and Set Free, and it's a group on Facebook. And it's all about, you know, it's a private group. You have mm-hmm. to be approved because we don't want the wrong people in right. there because there is people that are very judgmental about yeah, this whole topic. Very. Even Christians <laughs> yes. who were, you know, my wife tells the stories about, you know, when she went to the clinic and, and these people that are showing these graphic images and like almost like hateful Christianity. Like yeah. it was it was oh. pretty crazy. So, yeah, to be part of that and uh, and and know what she's been through. And so. And, you know, the, I will say at that time in my life, I mean, I, it was right before my senior year of high school, I was numb. I mean, I just, I don't know how else to explain it, except yeah. I was numb and I didn't know. I felt weak and helpless and just terrified and so many different things. And you had to be hush-hush about it, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Couldn't tell I, anybody about no it. No one, not a soul. It was yeah. years before I ever even had that conversation with another human being. Yeah. And so something that I've learned through addiction and everything, and, and uh, it's the closest thing I could compare to what, what you've gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to tell people that, that whatever dark little secret you're living with, mm-hmm. Jesus already knows about yeah. it. So yeah. you may as well tell it. Cause when you actually tell it and you let it go, it you. you seriously <laughs> set yourself free, but there's a lot of healing that had to come along with that, that, yeah that darkness you kept yourself in. So tell, yeah. tell us more about being there and feeling alone and, and just, like you said, numb. Well, I, you know, there were a lot of things at play. Uh, my dad had a history of heart problems, and, you know, I had spent years of my life um, being told, you know, we have to be really careful, keep stress away from him, keep him out of stressful situations, so on and so forth. Um, I had... We had another family member who had been through also an abusive relationship and had to keep that really quiet. At t- you know, it's just there was a lot that I kind of saw happen before I went through that that shaped how I dealt with it, too, or something maybe not the same thing but similar. Um, anyway, so I didn't really – I didn't know who to go to. I didn't think I could go to anyone. Um, and I Did certainly, you know about going to Jesus? You would think – Right. <laughs> but no, that never crossed my mind. <laughs> well, I will tell you, at that point in my life, I, I ha- there were a lot of nights that I would lay my head down on my pillow and just, it's like this constant prayer of, am I okay? Am I, am I secure? Am I safe? Like, you know, if I died in my sleep, am I, you know, am I going to be with Jesus. I'm going to be in heaven. Like I had all of these questions and all of this doubt and fear and it was constant. And, you know, and it was crazy because as a child I had been baptized and it's almost like, okay, check, I'm good. And, and kind of the way everyone else spoke about it too, you know, and this is not a knock against my parents or anything, but I think for them it was just, they were, they, they had that, you know, like excitement and peace that their kids, you know, had been baptized and were in church and all of these things and just it, never questioned it. Yeah. Um, because, you, yeah, no, I, I get yeah. what you mean. Like, it's kind of like the, that routine of those things. Mm-hmm. They're giving you what you need in that moment, not yeah. recognizing that, you know, just because you're going to church, just because you're going to youth group. And this might be a shout out to a parent that's listening right now, yeah. right? Like just yeah. because they're doing those things doesn't mean that they're still not going to have these other influences. Yeah. Like even the youth groups and the church are still filled with humans and yes. kids who are going to make mistakes. They're going to sin. They're, they're tempted yeah. constantly. And no, I'm not sure how old you are, but I know like I remember when, when I was, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to date myself here too, but. My senior year in high school, I got my first flip phone, right? Uh-huh. And I paid for it myself. And it was my buddy Andrew and I. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Okay. Well. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Because it, yeah. the, when you were in high school, too, that wasn't there. So, yeah. like, some of those things that can get you caught in sin weren't at your fingertips. Yeah. And now they are. Now they so, are. parents, like, hey, just so you know, just because they're at church and going through a youth group doesn't mean that they're completely pr- protected from everything else. Yeah, so. and I will also say about that, I mean, I remember seeing other young people in the youth 
group um, really criticized for certain things about you know the way they were living or the just things that when I look back now I think that's so not important and I if I could go back and speak to those leaders I again I know they had good intentions but it's like you're focusing on the wrong thing like focus on Jesus focus on the relationship focus on what that means to us and why and all of the other stuff is just it'll take care of itself I mean God handles all those things but you know that's another reason I just didn't want to speak up in any of it because I just didn't want backlash I didn't want to be I I thought I would be like kicked out of the church basically and eventually I not that I was kicked out but I was pretty much ostracized when things started breaking down you know publicly but so there so there was a time you kept it a secret for a long time but it but it didn't come out not that specifically okay Um, but that didn't come out um I I didn't want anyone to know about even the abuse that I was experiencing. Um, I knew my I, my dad was a fierce dad of three daughters, and so I had heard him tell a sister's boyfriend one time, "If I ever find out that you lay a hand on my daughter, I'll kill you." And my dad was one of the nicest, sweetest, most gentle men. And yet fierce and, you know, protective. Um, he, was an, he was an amazing man. And I, I know he meant well when he said that because he really would have defended his daughters and would have, and, he, and did at times. Um, but what that did to me as the youngest, and I was very much a, a daddy's girl, um, there was no way that I wanted my dad to find out you know, that there was something going on with this guy because, A, I thought you're going to kill him and you're going to go to jail. <laughs> so, the, so you'd lose you know, your dad. And, yeah. 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 So, so, so I, I, I told Chris when we got married because he had two little girls. I'm like, be very careful how you word things with your with your girls. And, you know, let them know that you're there. You've got their back. That you can talk to them all the time. Communication. Just be really careful how you, how you say that and, you know, what comes across because you don't want them to then turn around and try to protect you by not telling you things. Yep. So I did that for years um, for a couple of reasons. A, I didn't. Yeah, want to be without. I didn't want to be without my dad. Um, you know, I didn't want him to kill someone and go to jail. I also didn't want it to affect his health, and so I was very, very protective of that. And fast forward, I ended up marrying the guy. Uh, at a so very, this at is 19, the same. Same guy. Same mm-hmm. guy that you guys had the abortion, mm-hmm. and I say him too, and I mm-hmm. pray that he has had some healing from it too, because we recognize that men are actually traumatized by this yeah. too. Um, my wife's had a couple men go through her class, kind of, yeah. kind of, kind of interesting. It is something that after, especially, depending on where you are spiritually, but I would say, I mean, I don't know, I, I would think no matter where you are spiritually, even if you don't believe in God at all, there is something you just it's always there like it's something that you cannot go back and undo I I felt like it left me with a lot of questions it left me with you know later on in life like thinking back what did I what did I do and what what would that child have been or you know a boy a girl what would have been like Mm -hmm. Um, there were so many things Dude, I hate so to keep things. plugging my wife's class. That's okay. But like I, I'm Go for it. like they do things like they pray, uh-huh. like like my and I I know she won't be upset that I share all this, but like yeah. they, she literally named her baby. She knows that oh. it's a girl, and named her Hazel, oh. um, and literally to the point where like I I essentially adopted her as my child. That's cool. And that's that's our daughter that's in heaven. That's cool. Like and she's she's I mean my wife's very very visual, so she sees things very well. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, this class, I mean, it, it, I'm glad to know that it's out there. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm, <laughs> we're going to talk more after yeah, this episode, yeah, but yeah, things sure. like that to like, okay, so go on. Okay, I'm sorry. So, I keep interrupting, no, no, but you're, you're wondering, t- is it a boy? Is it a girl? Want. Just uh, anyway. Yeah. All those things, um, you know, hit me much later on because I think I, I was in this state of numbness for a very, very long time. And not only numbness, I had gotten really good at, um, kind of pushing things aside. And, and like burying things. And this is a quick kind of flashback into my life. 
and I don't discuss this a ton out of pr protection in a way for some other people, um, but I was uh, assaulted when I was younger by a man who our family knew, and this is again something to this day that my mother does not know, and I hope never knows because it wouldn't do her any good to know. It would crush her, but um, that was something that immediately, you know, the fear, the shame, embarrassment. I mean, there were so many things as a young child that I didn't know how to process. How young were you? Eleven. Oh wow. And eleven or twelve, right on that border. Um, and so I, again, with my dad's, you know, poor health, and it was just you're not, you don't bring things like that, and well. No one would have ever thought that would be so Everybody was looking to protect your dad from being hurt. Yeah. You couldn't say things. Yeah. You couldn't do things for fear of, yeah. of hurting your dad. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh -huh. yeah. and, and that came a lot from doctors and nurses. And, you know, anytime we would go sit down with... Because he, he started having heart problems at 37 years old. Mm. So, anyway. You know, when you flash forward to high school and to all those things happening... So there's a link there, too, of this tension internally for me of and just over time building up more and more walls. Yeah, and, um, guarded. Very guarded. Um, and also feeling like, well, clearly I wasn't guarded enough because now look at where I am and look at what's happened in my life. Um, so that was a lot to, you know, at a young age to deal with. But I did marry that guy. Um, I, you know, I thought I loved him. Um, and I did love him. I mean, as, like I said before, as much as you can understand love, uh, what I really hmm. truly believe now is love. It's an action and it's a choice and it makes so much more sense how you can love someone, even though things are difficult. Do you say you can love somebody, but not like them? Absolutely. I mean, that's life because yeah. we're human and you have bad days and somebody else is going to have a bad day and you can have what someone would consider the best marriage in the world. But I, I think there are going to be days where you don't like each other. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just natural. Um, yeah. I think that's my opinion, but married that guy. Um, and it was very short lived. It, it really escalated. Um, you said you married him at 19. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it escalated. And he was a little older. And, yeah. Okay. And then I finally, I, it got to a point where I had a group of friends and coworkers who ended up witnessing some of the things that were going on because it just it continued to get worse. And, um, you know, that's what I know now is there's someone else's insecurity and pain and whatever. I don't know what, what created that for him. Uh, I, at the time, thought it was me, and I was just a horrible wife and a a failure in so yourself. many ways. Yeah. yeah, and he did a lot, too. So Pointed the finger, too. Yeah, and um, when these friends stepped in and basically it was intervention, and they said, okay, you need to go to your family, and if you don't, then we're going to. So we'll give you some time to figure it out because we know the situation, your dad's health and all of that. But they said it. Your family needs to know because you need help. And so I finally did. Um, I waited until a really bad, bad night <laughs> had happened. And I did go to my family the next day. And I literally left with, like, nothing, knowing I wasn't going back. And, you know, went to a sister. They called my parents. And then they, my, all I know is my dad stepped in and definitely got very 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 upset and emotional I threw myself physically in front of the front door and said you know what right now I need you and if you walk mm -hmm. out that door I don't know what's going to happen but it probably won't be good and you're probably not going to be in a position to help me so can we just That's good. focus and let just help me help me right now yeah. and so he did um, so tell me about the feeling like when you when you walked out and you knew you weren't coming back. I was terrified. Was it scary or was it somewhat liberating? Both. Um, I was, it was hurtful too because, again, I cared about this person. Um, and no one knew what was going on. And I don't, you know, again, I think it was 
a little bit of my old self had been awakened and I was like, no more. I, I'm not doing this anymore. You know, um, that's, it's such an interesting thing that takes place and I don't even know how it happens. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens over time. But I remember having a friend of mine after the fact who had known me since middle school. She looked at me one day and she was like, oh, you're back. <laughs> I said, what do you mean by that? She's like, you just, I don't know what happened to you, but you weren't there anymore. Like the, that's, you know, spunky, um, kind of independent girl, you know, she just left. And, it, and even she would say it didn't happen overnight. Um, she said, I just thought, you know, you're in a relationship, you have a boyfriend and you're in love and all that. Um, but yeah, it, over time, I think I just, I, I changed, I allowed things to change me and, you know, we do change over time. I'm not, oh, yeah. I'm not saying that we are the same person at 18 that we are at 28, 38, 40, but, um, yeah, that was interesting to hear someone else speak into that. And, and it was like, yeah, you're right. I, I, uh, I don't know. I broke down and I wasn't strong. I didn't feel strong. I didn't act, you know, strong. I didn't speak up for myself. Um, I've you always been a little bit of, I was trapped. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, I don't think that guy did that intentionally. I really, I really don't. I think that he had his own issues and yeah, he had he his own stories, right? And, we never yeah. know what else somebody else might be going through. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you know, for, for those listening that maybe are getting married here in the future mm -hmm. and different things like that, like, um, it's, it's one of the reasons God, I think, intended us to, to kind of walk the line and, and pray and, and mm -hmm. take the woman or man that he has intended for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the relationship with him is so key first, right? So having that good relationship with God, and I you know, and being <laughs> whole with, and it sounds like he didn't either. Right. He didn't either. Like you guys were going through the motions of the yeah. religion and the small group and the, yeah. the youth groups or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But the true relationship, you know, you you had skeletons in your closet, if yep. you will. <laughs> and if you have skeletons in your closet and you go into a, a relationship and into a marriage and both of you have secrets that you're keeping from each other. Yeah. You're already in a dark place. And now Satan's going to be able to work into that. Yeah. Right. So, like, you have to be able to come out completely clean. And I'll tell you. We're not perfect with this either. My wife and I spent a good year, you know, where we had prayed for our, our celibacy. We had asked for our virginity back. Mm -hmm. um, we uh, we took uh, basically six months. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, we did everything backwards, right? Completely yeah. backwards. <laughs> but even <laughs> after all that, you know, there was a period of, of God able to pour into our relationships and pour into us and us get closer to him yeah. so that our marriage really could be a bond in him. And then, you know, about a year after conviction started coming in our heart and we're like hey like i gotta tell you something like this way from my past it's long before i ever met you mm -hmm. but you need to know this yeah. and i did that with her and she did and it was just this emptying of all those other things and truly being vulnerable with each other and i think that's a key because mm -hmm. i think a lot of times we come into relationships and we're guarded yeah um and because of the guard that you already had up from 11 years old and probably still a little bit of resentment from the the Very abortion you know, those are all things that you're holding against him before the relationship ever starts. And if he oh, has yeah. his own list of things, we're yeah. already a recipe. Yeah. I didn't know I was a marriage recipe. counselor. This is all new to me. Yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, so, so that that unraveled very quickly. My parents jumped and handled everything, got an attorney, got me out of that situation. Um, and sadly, that summer, just a few months later, my dad died. Mm. So then... <laughs> It's just nuts. I really, really believed that I was really kind of the the last straw, you know, or what caused him to die. Mm. Uh, I know now that's definitely not true. Uh, there is a verse in the Bible that says every one of our days are numbered before one has ever lived. And someone shared that with me. I was in my 30s when someone shared that with me, and it was the most freeing thing I had ever heard. <laughs> How old were you when your dad died? 20. 20. Yeah. So that was, I mean, so you got married, things went bad, and it ended abruptly. Abruptly. I mean, quickly. Seven, eight months later, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. So, 
But now you take the pressure of dad dying. So you had mm-hmm. the pressure of this. So I imagine just kind of feeling like a failure. Total. Where failure. was your relationship with Christ at that point? Mm-hmm. Non-existent? Nowhere. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I would have told you at the time, yeah, I'm a Christian. Right. Uh, my mom, but, you know, it was just a crazy, tumultuous time in our family. Um, my mom was devastated. And my, my parents had an amazing marriage. A, an amazing marriage. It was crazy. Um, and, yeah, she, I mean, was young. My dad was 47 when he died. And she was a little older, like five years older than him. But she was young. And you know, still had me hanging around. I had moved back in with them. And, uh, yeah, so I couldn't even, all the things that I was trying to process, now I was trying to help my mom and protect her and and keep, you know, each of us. I think we were the best and worst things for each other (laughs) at the time. Right. Um, But, so, you know, none of those things uh, really were even dealt with as far as my relationship, because then we had something else to deal with that was way more traumatic to our family as a whole. Right. So it's kind of like you tucked your problems away. Yeah. Just stuff them down yep. there. Like we'll was, deal them with them later. Got we got to really deal with that. dad <laughs> passing away. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so tell us more. So 20 years old, living with mom, uh-huh. tucking your problems away, helping with hers, helping with dad, mm. new set of problems. So I did go back to church I had been out for, you know, I guess since I got out of high school. And my mom had just begged me, just come come back to church with me. I think it'll help you. Uh, and I had not discussed what happened in my marriage to anyone, anyone. No one asked. And I didn't offer the information because I also felt like that's his story as well. And if he didn't want to tell his family, that was... You know, that was his story to tell his family, not mine. And so I, w- I tried to be really careful about what I said and who I said what to. Um, I don't know what his family knew or what he told them. Clearly, no one at the church really <laughs> had heard what had really gone on. And then I was just like, oh, you're, that, you're the one who, you know, did the unthinkable and divorced. And, you know, the church is so against divorce. I mean, and I, I understand on one hand, I just, I, you know, I don't understand again, like yeah. how it was handled, well, but and again, so, I mean, it's I humans would look at and that too. Yeah. I mean, definitely trying yeah. to do the best thing, trying to look at it as, you know, God really does want, um, restoration if possible. Absolutely. Um, and you're forgiven. Yeah. He already forgave yeah, you. Exactly. So, I mean, the crazy thing about that, and I get it, I mean, I get the, the, uh, I mean, that why, why church is against divorce, but I also think that a lot of times, like, if you're married the right way, mm-hmm. and you're truly walking with the Lord beforehand, and it's a relationship that, that he, you know, blessed from the get-go, you know, sometimes I think our own will, and I could be completely off, and I hope no theologians are listening, or whatever <laughs> else, right, because... Um, but I, my opinion of this is that, you know, I think he does have that right person out there for you. And obviously, I think you've, you've found it now. Um, he put it together. But he had you go through these things to build and grow in the first place. But a lot of times when we're far from God, we're not truly listening to his guidance. We're making these calls on our own will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and whether you're attending church and doing the religion thing or truly have a relationship with God, I think that's the difference. You were attending church and you called yourself a Christian, but you weren't asking God's blessing in that marriage. No, I wasn't. And, and if you would have asked, would he have blessed it? You don't know. I don't know. But so I, I think, yeah, that's it. Yeah. But anyway, so the church is frowning upon you because of I was, divorce. Yeah, there were... A small, same small church, right? Yeah, same small church. And so I, I just... I said, Mom, I love you, but yeah, I'm never going back there again. <laughs> and I don't think I ever stepped foot in that church again. Um, and again, I now I have reconnected with people from there, and I have seen people from there, and they're wonderful, sweet people. And, and like I said, I know their intentions weren't to hurt me. Um, they just didn't know how to go about it. I don't think maybe they dealt with a lot of those situations. And, you know... So I didn't really, again, 
have anyone to go to or any way of dealing with actually what had happened or what was going on. It was just all about, oh my gosh, you got a divorce. (laughs) So I just, I walked away from the church. I was so angry. I was so angry at God. I was like, yeah, what is all this? God is good. And I mean, I've been taught this my whole life, but you know what? I've, I've tried that route. Like I've been in church my whole life. I, you know, all these things have happened to me. <laughs> of course, I, I can't help but laugh right now because as if it was all about me, you know? Um, yeah. And it, but even with my dad, it's like, gosh, my dad, the way I saw it then was he was such a great man and he was so generous and so, you know, just a great man. And why would you take him? And why would you take him away from me at this most critical time in my life? Uh, again, thinking it's all about me. Not realizing that my dad just got a promotion and wouldn't want to, you know, not that he, I mean, he loved his family and would want to spend as much time as possible with his family, but also he's in the presence of the Lord. So why would you want to leave that place? Exactly. I heard something (laughs) once that said, um, I can't remember if I read it or where I heard it, but basically saying as, as Christian, as as believers in Christ and believing in heaven, Mm. you know, it's, we make it about us. We make Mm. it about me. And become selfish when we're actually sad that a person dies. Yeah. That's yeah. selfish. It's, it's us saying, well, I want him to still be in my life. I yeah. want my dad to still be there with me. Yeah. And I when think we should be like, praise God, like he gets to go home. I think it's both. Yeah. I think it's both. And I tell people all the time, you know, the Bible does say that as a believer, we should be grieving differently. And I get that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also lost a sister now. And I get it. It's like, okay, I can, I can grieve differently because I know she is out of the pain she was in. She's not suffering. She's out of this crazy world. And she had a lot of struggles. She had a lot of, um, just, you know, heartbreak and tough things to deal with in life. And so, uh, she doesn't have to deal with that anymore. She is in a place of perfect peace and love. And, you know, and that's amazing for her. I'm, I'm thankful for that for her. Now I'm still sad. I miss her. Yeah. Um, I still miss my dad and, and that's okay. But I also am not, I'm not destroyed. You know, I, yeah. I mean, I can see both sides of it. It's both. And, you know, yes, I, I'm so thankful that for her and I'm also sad for me. Yeah. Cause I am always going to miss her. I'm always going to miss my dad and that's okay. Yep. But, um, that's what I, to me, that's what it means to grieve differently. And also the hope in, in, or for me, the peace of knowing that I will be with them again someday. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, it's a really cool feeling to know mm. that it's just, we're separated for a time, but we'll be together again. Right. Yeah. So about 20 years old now, mm-hmm. the church is <laughs> upset with you. Yeah. We have a tendency Bolted to do that, that on the show where we'll go oh, yeah. off in little tangents of things and oh, I try yeah. to pull it back. So, yep. so no more church. No more church. Um, I, it's, it just, I can summarize it by saying I just continued to kind of spiral out of control. Um, on the surface, it probably looked like things were going pretty well. I finished college, um, had a good job or good jobs off not, you know, throughout the years. Good career, did well. I thought I was doing really well career-wise, financially, all that. Um, I wish I could tell you the relationship side of things got better. It didn't. I got married again. Uh, great guy, best friend, um, also older than me, quite a bit older than me. Uh, but it, and I, I, I that I want to be careful with that. I don't speak a whole lot about that because that is very much, um, there is a story for him and it's not my story to tell. So I'll just say, that fell apart a few years later Mm -hmm. and um i was kind of shocked and hurt and angry and we did speak after the fact and and i told him i was like i hated you but and i'm sorry that i handled things the way i did as far as my anger and just i literally well he filed for divorce but so i'm taking this as another relationship that probably wasn't (laughs) blessed by god Correct. You're far from God in it, so it's oh, yeah. a secular marriage, if yeah, you will. Yeah. And something else happened, and he filed for do- divorce, and you're going, like, just kind of caught you off guard. Yeah. Like, you didn't see it coming. It got you hit you I with it. I knew there were issues, but I just didn't. 
again, I'm really good at just going, okay, well, there are issues. Let's just yeah. Yeah, stuff them over here. They'll go away. Forge ahead, you know. We'll yeah. figure it out later, I guess. Um, but moving on after that, um, I got married again. And this guy, uh, great guy, I initially said he he when he was pursuing me I was like we are I am not for you like I am kind of from a different world just I'm from a middle class family just plain Jane girl you know and he came from a very different lifestyle um anyway I did marry him uh one day actually this was right before we got married but um I didn't change course because the only thing I knew of this guy was he was a good guy. Um, he was really good to me. We had a, I mean, a great relationship. His family, you know, seemed like a great family. Um, and I kid you not, one day the doorbell rings. Next thing I know, I am surrounded by FBI agents. <laughs> and... Yeah, that's a very long story, but a short version is just he had a whole other life that I just didn't even know about. <laughs> and he ended up going to prison for a couple of years and, you know, the house was taken away. And it's so like it was just a so <laughs> crazy. The first husband mess. was young <laughs> and he was a mess, mm -hmm. you know, beat you. The, the whole thing. That was Clearly, just, I was just a straight up train wreck. My well, no, but but not not. I mean, <laughs> I'm just trying to get a recap on yeah. it. I mean, this is pretty. This is this is. Uh, I it, I'm just, just what a blessing that you're here worse, now, right? right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, this is I chuckle every time I share my story. Like whether we speak at the church or whatever, I always joke and say, "Well, which part of the darkness would you right. like to hear today?" Because there was a we lot of options. it. <laughs> yeah, tons of options, right? So, so now the the second marriage, like literally, the guy just out of the blue, you're like, mm -hmm. boom, okay. Maybe saw some mm -hmm. of it coming, but now it's mm -hmm. gone. And now this guy, literally, obviously a very master manipulator to the point where mm -hmm. you thought he was an amazing guy, mm -hmm. but you didn't even know half the story. So now he gets arrested. I probably still don't know half the story. <laughs> and probably don't want to. No, I, mean, I don't. just, yeah. that chapter's done. Yeah. So house gets taken away. So you're back to square one again. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have a home. Well, we, I, he was very well off, so... That wasn't an issue. It was just, you know, everything kind of got picked up and turned upside down, and it was just scrambling to figure out what's next, where are we going to live. And, um, and meanwhile, he's preparing to be carted off to prison, so trying to wrap up things and figure things out. And um, and I and basically, he looked at me in the beginning and said, You're, are you going to leave? And I said, no. I mean, I don't know what's happening. I don't understand this at all. Um, if as long as you are honest with me and you promise to just tell me the truth, then let's just walk forward and just be honest with me. So I know what's happening and I know what's going on. Um, and I really thought that that was happening. And, um, you know, he went off to prison and that was just a crazy, it seemed like it was going to be forever. It was a very, very dark time. I was, handling so many different things because he had a couple of businesses that, you know, he didn't wrap up before he went away. So it landed all in my lap. Um, he had one parent still living right before he went to prison and he passed away. And then there was the whole estate thing that had to be handled, which got dropped in my lap. Just lots and lots and lots of things that got This is all happened while he was in prison. Yeah. So I was overwhelmed with running a business, shutting down a business, liquidating a business, dealing with family, dealing with, you know, all kinds of stuff and my own life and, you know, trying to visit him every time I could and keep up with how many hours I could talk on the phone and when he was going to call and all these things. And every time talking to him, here's a list of things we have to discuss because I only have, you know, 10 minutes on the phone with you and I got to know this, 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 and this to handle it tomorrow before. So once again, so no relationship just, with him. It's just business. It's business. It's a ten-minute business talk. Yeah. And so necessity. now you're his secretary, you're not his wife. Yes. Now, I, I will say, let me let me back up for a second. When he was arrested and indicted, um, 
I went back to our house and I walked in the door and it was an absolute disaster. Just like you see in the movies, I guess. I mean, they had torn the place apart. Oh, they cabinets they and drawers and everything open holes in the wall I mean craziness and I just and I walked in and all I could think of was this is a, such a picture of my life mm. an absolute mess and I dropped to my knees literally in the middle of the living room and that was the moment where I just I just was crying and I just said okay God <laughs> if you're there and I believe you are, but I, I need you. I, I need to find you because I can't do this anymore. Like mm. I cannot do life on my own. I am now, you know, I've made an absolute mess of my life. I'm a complete and total failure. I clearly not cut out for choosing relationships uh, or healthy ones. Um, I've done a terrible job of that. And I, I don't know what's gonna happen. I felt like my whole life was flashing in front of my eyes, like my future life, you know, what I thought was my future. And I felt like I was in the middle of a nightmare. Like, is this real? Am I going to wake up? And I'm like, I just can't do this on my own anymore. I need something bigger than me. And I, because otherwise I just didn't think I could survive. Like I thought I was just going <laughs> to spontaneously combust or something, you know, it's like, how do I handle this? Um, so that was really a moment for me of, I need God. And I, I told people all the time, I think God knew how far I needed to be away from him to recognize that I actually needed him. And right. that was that moment. Of that, that was your rock bottom. Yeah. I, I'm amazed through all this. You know, obviously, I'm, uh, you know, I was a drug addict. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I have the tendencies and, of stepping down. And that husband was as well. Okay. So, but I, I'm... I'm blown away that like through all of that and all the stuffing down and the not feeling that you didn't end up in some of that. So like well, God was keeping you right there. He wasn't. So he, what I found out is he had had um, a drug addiction, but he had walked away from it or cleaned his life up to a point. I never knew about it. I had asked him like, Hey, have you ever used drugs and all this? And his, like when we first met and it was, yeah, yeah. I mean, been there, done that. He didn't tell me it was like three months prior, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, but again, I mean, he he was dealing with his own demons, if you will. Yeah, he had his absolutely. own internal battles, and he he wasn't a, a horrible person. He was just he made a lot of bad choices, and um, and I think to some extent didn't know how to deal with certain things. Um, but yeah, that whole situation, um, you know, fast forward. The attorney, I had complete power of attorney over everything. So the attorney calls me one day and he's like, hey, I need to, I have to like step away from all of this. So I need to hand over all of the discovery and all of my information or give it back to you, basically. I can't represent you guys anymore or him anymore. And I can't really be a part of any of it because he was moving on to some other position. So he handed everything to me. And when he did... He stopped me and he said, hey, I need you to look at me. And I was, it was just one of the craziest moments. He said, look me in the eye. He said, I really can't say a whole lot, but you need to go through these boxes. And I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't for a long time because I was scared to. And then I did. And then I started going through boxes that came out of uh, storage I remembered there's a storage unit with a lot of stuff. I should probably check into that. <laughs> and anyway, a lot of things came to light. And I was to a point, there, he, the, the husband at the time, he was also asking me to do certain things, send out like money to certain people. And just there were some weird things going on that I, I was like, what's happening? Um, he ended up getting caught with some substance in prison so that kind of also changed uh, the course of things uh, when we realized that there was still there, there was still a problem um, prison is an interesting place because people can still get oh yeah and and I was part of it without even knowing it at first by the things I was doing you know on the outside on the outside sending money to certain people yeah. on the outside yeah and um, 
anyway, I, yeah, just kind of got to a point where I was very unhealthy. I was extremely depressed. I was having a very difficult time just getting out of bed every day. Um, super anxious. Uh, just, again, a very, very dark place. And, and this was even after I had, you know, recognized that I, I need God. And I had started going to a church. The only church I really knew of was a church my sister went to and had asked me for years to go. And I just started going there, and I was just, you know, hungry. I was desperate mm -hmm. for more, just information. I just needed to know, like, how can I be close to God? I mean, that was literally, like, on a daily basis. I just knew I need something to get me through this day, and it's bigger than me. Um, so I, through that process, I mean, that is what really brought me closer to God, and it's what caused me to search and really figure out who God really is. And I mean, I'm still, you know, I think we're still learning yeah. every day, but, um, it's weird that such a crazy situation can also be such a blessing, yeah. you know? So when people talk about blessings, sometimes I laugh to myself because I think of blessings a little differently. I mean, blessings oftentimes are really good things and look you know, like really good, pretty things, if that makes sense. Um, but in a, lo a, a lot of ways, a lot of times I think blessings come in really ugly packages. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, one of the things I, I like to say, I mean, one of the other addicts who's a pastor talked about it a lot, but like when, when you've danced with the devil, it really makes you appreciate the walk with Jesus more. Yeah, yeah. But so so now, so I assume a divorce happens it with did. that? Yeah, it, because things continued uh, you know, more conversations or interactions with FBI agents and people kind of warning me off and telling me that I really didn't understand didn't what I was involved with. And, yeah. and, and there were other things. There was like, there's a whole other, you know, woman involved. And there was, there's just things that just kept <laughs> coming to light that I'm like, Oh, wow. Um, I really didn't realize what I was in the middle of and it really there really was like this double life and I also was heartbroken for him too and for me um, and I I did try one last shot of we just need to can we just start from square one can you just be real with me and be honest with me um, but he ended up kind of being unreachable for about three months which gave me time to get some help. Um, I got into some counseling and got some medical attention and, you know, through all of that and family was able to get myself to a much healthier place um, and a much stronger, like mentally and spiritually uh, to where I could then sit down and have a conversation with him and also have the clarity to recognize that that's, that wasn't really his interest to, uh, because we were on a very different page spiritually. Yeah. So. so that relationship ends. It end, ended. Yeah, ended. I walked away. I was just like, I don't want any part of this. And I walked away from that and tried to get as far away as I could because I was a little nervous. Just, again, there are certain things that took place that made me realize I was probably not necessarily safe if I was too close to it. Um, so, yeah. The pictures that's being painted in my mind of all of this is insane. So I can't, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for the listeners and wondering what's, what's going through their brain. Yeah. But I love how like you've been able to tell this story without actually revealing what it was. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, I just think there's something to, you know, someone's own story and I try to yeah. be protective of that. And, and again, I, and I, I will tell you because of where I am in my faith now, I, can honestly say I don't I don't hate these people I I can see my own um, I mean I definitely have my own issues I mean I have the walls built up I had my you know insecurities I had my anger I had my distrust I mean I was not the picture of you know the perfect wife or a great wife in a lot of ways um, so I you know I, I don't 
I don't want it to sound like I'm blaming all of all no. of the dysfunction on someone else because it was it takes two. <laughs> dysfunction breeds dysfunction. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, it, it does take two, really. Yeah. And and if you're not in a place of of wholeness and and right with your walk with Christ, like yeah. it makes it really hard for the other person to be too, right? Yes. So, yeah, definitely. So you get far away from mm-hmm. that. Let's get to the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Unless there's more. No, thank God. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, there's always more, right? I well, mean, I there's think always going to be is, trials. Yeah, always going to be trials, always going to be, I think, pitfalls. And we just, we're always going to deal with our own junk. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I met Chris, I guess, oh my gosh, I don't know, a couple of years. I don't remember the exact timeline. But when we met, I remember saying to him, well, we met at church passing by and I just I thought I recognized him and he was looking right at me so I said hi <laughs> kept walking came up to me later and started talking and then realized we worked out at the same gym so I kept seeing him at the gym and then over time he finally said hey could we grab breakfast or something and I um I said uh, and internally I'm like no it's <laughs> the last thing I'm interested in but I for some reason I said sure I'm headed to grab coffee if you want to meet me there and we talked for about three hours that day, and I was, I mean, in line, I said, hey, I don't know what your intentions are, but let me just tell you, um, I'm in no place for a relationship, like, I, that's just not even on my radar, and he was like, oh, I'm just trying to get to know you, and I'm like, okay, but I'm just telling you, <laughs> um, I'm a hot mess, and have just come out of this crazy situation um, that was really like two years of me being alone, but married and tied to that, not able to kind of get out from under it because he was in prison and all this. Anyway, so I just said, I'm trying to just get that fully behind me legally um, before I move on with my life. And anyway, fast forward, um, he kind of was just, yeah, I just, that's cool. We can be friends. I want to get to know you. And eventually I guess it just developed into dating and I don't even know you know there wasn't like a moment where I wasn't even really like a first date (laughs) it was just it kind of happened and then um, I I think the second time we actually hung out one-on-one I I unloaded all of this I was like dude you just need to know what you're walking into you have two little girls and you're here I am also thinking you're a church guy and so you're, you're probably a good guy you're probably not going to want anything to do with me because I have this just you know horrific is it fair past. to say that like for all this time like the one thing that keeps standing out to me is identity oh, like yeah. you didn't really know your true value no. you didn't know your identity in Christ you know probably from the time of 11 you know, from 11 years old yeah. on right yeah. Yeah. So you're lost, and it's an identity crisis. You don't think that you deserve any better than no. that, and and mm-hmm. so you're unloading this on Chris and thinking it, that's lost. I'll hear from him, right? But I felt great. I was like, I got that off my chest. You did. You let those dark little secrets yep. out. Jesus already knew about them, and now you're <laughs> like, boom, here, unload. Here's who I am. Take it or yeah. leave it. And when, you're probably gonna leave it, and that's okay. <laughs> when I first told my wife I was a cocaine addict when we were dating, I thought for sure like she was gone, and she's mm-hmm. like. Okay, well, what's next? And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Like you're still here? That was that was my response to Chris. Like, what? Yeah. yeah. Like, wait. He called me the next day, and he said, "Do you want to grab dinner?" And I'm like, "Oh, great." <laughs> He's one of these nice guys. He he wants to do this in person. He wants like, to do he it just, nicely. Yeah, yeah, and so can't just send a text. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. A text would be fine at this point. We're not like dating. So anyway. Yeah. We went to dinner, and I remember not really eating much. I just wanted it to be over with. And kind of at the end of him eating, he said, so what are you doing Saturday? And I just looked at him and said, did you hear anything I said last night? Did you hear everything that I said last night? And he said, yeah, I heard everything. And he said, you know, to me, it's way more important that someone is honest and um He's like, I was pretty shocked by the fact that you were open about your whole past. And so he said, I'm in. I was like, 
you have no idea, but <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I really, I mean, that was one of the first true pictures of grace that I think I've ever really received from a human being and yeah. recognized it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I would, the second time I really felt that tangible grace from someone was um, probably about eight or nine years ago, 10 years ago, when we started doing college ministry through a church in Fort Worth and the pastor had asked us if we would start volunteering on a regular basis with these college students. And I very quickly thought, oh my gosh, he has no idea who he's talking to or dealing with. And he, he will probably flip out, you know, if he finds out my past. So we had him over to our house and I said, Hey, you just need to know, like, you need to know who I am and where I've been, and I just don't think I'm the person you want working with your college girls. And after, you know, the conversation, he leaned forward, and he looked me straight in the eye, and he said, Ro, you are exactly who I want working with these college girls. And I was blown away. I just started crying. I'm not a big crier, but I just started crying. I was like, are you kidding me? And then it just suddenly made sense, you know, over time, too, working with these college girls it totally makes sense because they come to me and they, they'll say, I heard that I can talk to you. Yeah. Right. You, you can relate. And it's like, I can probably relate to just about anything that you've been through. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's been an incredible journey. Um, God has been extremely faithful and, and good. And I, you know, there are days I wake up and I think, I can't believe that he loves me. You know, I'm a mess. I'm yeah. still a mess. Yeah. I mean, not as much it. of a mess as I was, hopefully. But, yeah. um, And I said to my mom one time, two things. I said, how did you make it through my 20s? And she said, on my knees. Mm. I was like, oh, that hurts. But it's also great, you know, but thank you. to hear. Yeah. yeah, but thank you. Thank you. Those and, prayers. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I believe they, they were heard and answered. Um, and then I also said one time, just in a random conversation and this was a f- just a few years ago I said man I'm so glad that God didn't give up on me and she was so shocked by that statement she said why would you think God would give up on you like do you not realize that he already knew everything you were going to do and experience and as a matter of fact like he allowed it but he he knew that he could use it and yeah. so she's like you've got to think of God as you know, he, you, if you really believe he is who he says he is in the Bible, he's not shocked by anything because he already knows. So there's no shock. There's no disappointment. You're disappointed when something happens that you weren't expecting. But he, he's expecting it. He already knows. So he can't be disappointed in you. And he's probably just, like, excited for the day that he gets to actually start using all of that junk. And that just changed my life like again says, you know change my perspective to save her and her and yeah. her and Hopefully. him and her and and just that's to, awesome or to love on people you know i it's um my life has made me just really want to love other people no matter where they are whether or not they ag- agree with me whether or not they believe what i believe i hope they do someday because i think there's so much peace and hope and joy even through difficult things um and i know that doesn't make sense to a lot of people but there is a difference between happiness and joy and i've been through some really unhappy situations and experiences but now i can say just like my sister's death that was not a happy occasion for me personally for my mom to watch her daughter die for my nephew to watch his mother die but there's joy in knowing that that was good for her is you know great for her and it's good for us down the road because we get to be with her again yeah that's awesome so as we end near the end here i like to ask what's one thing that you want the listeners to really take home with them wow one thing just one thing oh man what's the most profound thing that realization that you've had in your walk with jesus that you just want them to somebody that's listening or somebody needs to hear it the first thing that comes to mind is God is there 
and he's near. He he doesn't go anywhere. We are the ones who drift and turn away from him and don't trust him or don't like you kept asking me, did you talk to you know, God, did you ask for his blessing? We're the ones who have that tendency. I think we we have too small a perspective of who God mm-hmm. is and how loving and good he is. And we just don't trust it. We don't trust him. So I, I just want people to know that he's there and it's not cruel that he's, you know, there allowing us to walk through these things. There's a bigger picture and we, we don't always see it. We may never see the full picture until yeah. I believe till we're in heaven one day, but he is there. He's always there and he's, he's waiting, you know, for us to be ready to just yeah. turn back to him yep. and he loves us all the same. It, we can't out sin his love. We can't, we can't do anything that would shock him, disappoint him, or turn him away from us. Yeah. And I'm absolute proof of that. <laughs> That's good. That's good stuff. Thanks. Ro, thank you so much for doing this sure. with us. How thank can I, if the listeners want to get a hold of you on social media, Instagram, is there, what are yeah, your, for sure. what's your handle? Uh, I, I like to say that word. Rhonda Fagala, R-H-O-N-D-A. Okay. And last name is Fagala, F as in Frank, A-G-A-L-A. Awesome. So they can follow you. And then follow yeah. Next Level Racing. Yep. Team um, Next Level, at Team Le- Next Level Racing. Sorry. I didn't know. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think I had one this morning. So Also, uh, lit.ministries. That is our ministry page. Awesome. Yep. So listeners, I know somebody <laughs> else needs to hear this story. So for the listeners, share this. Send it to everybody you know. Um, follow us. Like, subscribe. Um, all those great things. And if anybody would like to partner with our ministry to keep the podcast going, that's greatly appreciated at fastlifeministries.com. And everybody have a blessed day. Appreciate you. Thank you.